Welcome back to a very special episode of 3x3 Hustle Hype. This is your host, Greg Heyer, 3x3 Asia Cup champion and World Cup participant for Australia. And I am absolutely pumped to introduce my next guest all the way in the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne, but actually only in his home. And that is Australian head coach, Dave Buer. How are we hey. doing, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. You know, COVID's trying to get the better of us, but... but you know, everything is okay other than that. Oh, yeah. We're going to go through... Well, we'll go through your very start of your career from a abalone oh diver in, in, oh. <laughs> in Tasmania and then obviously as a, as a pathways manager for Australia. Um, but in this, as you spoke about, you have a beautiful family, beautiful daughter. Um, how has um, lockdown treated you guys... Um, in terms of the whole dynamic and, and then I guess are you in lockdown right now? I mean, yes, we are in lockdown. We are in stage <laughs> three lockdown. So again, you know, I'm a little handy on the tools. So I uh I'm renovating the house and doing all those things. So, you know, with with Macy, I have actually six kids. With Macy, she lives with me. Oh. And uh, you know, kind of as an eye opener to the fact that, you know, we spend our lives working so hard to provide as, as a lot of times, you know, that's what my father taught me to do is to provide. And we, we miss out on all this little stuff of hanging out with your kids. So, you know, behind this, there's a real blessing that uh, me and Macy get some more time together. Absolutely. Mate, the, uh, the girls, I've seen it on social media. The girls have started back playing at a, uh... At uh, MSAC, I think, or you've been doing that. I know the, the Boomers and the Opals and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm sure they were pretty eager to, to get back out on the court and was there a little bit of rust the very first few sessions? Yeah, I saw a little bit of rust out there and everyone is eager. I'm, I'm sure the guys in WA and yourself is eager, even though you're an older dude now and retired. <laughs> you're probably still trying to get back out on the hardwood. Um, so there was a lot of bodies uh, you know, texting and calling to try and get involved. And most, most trainings we have somewhere between eight and 10. Um, we got the regular suspects out there, but then we got a lot of new people like Lauren Scherf and Georgia Pino, Chelsea D'Angelo. She had a bad injury yesterday, but um, uh, there's some new bodies out there. That's pretty inspiring. Um, how, let, let's strip it all back. You've been playing five on five your whole life. You played. Yeah. I you, you, your claim to fame. You're a rookie at the NBL. What the ripe old age of thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. I mean that's a that's an amazing task in itself. And how the heck did you get into three x three? Because as maybe I mean, I I'm the ripe old age of thirty two and I found three x three. But I mean, how did you transition yeah. from you have been Nana Waddings? head coach and then five and five your whole life to then yeah. getting into the three three. Well, I guess like all of us, we, we transitioned somewhat. And I, I was talking to someone just the other day. I don't know necessarily that you have to choose one sport or the other. And the more that I'm, you know, dealing with three on three, the more I find it a valuable tool towards, uh, I, I'm currently the head coach and other water inspectors as well in the five on five. So I feel like it's an awesome tool to building the five on five. But for me, it all came from uh, Pete Lonigan, who's heads up the high performance stuff at BA. 
and we'd happen to be sitting down at an Oz Championships, and he was talking to me about needing to uh, get a three-on-three team over to Asia or something like that. So myself, Darren Perry, and Anthony Stewart got on a basically as at that time a Zoom call, which was basically a conference call without the word Zoom in front of it, and. Uh, <laughs> We, we made, made our selections out of people that had never played the game and none of us had ever coached the game either. And as the, the phone was hanging up, Lana was like, hey, does anyone, any of you guys interested in coaching? And so being Darren's, Darren Perry, Dave Beaver, and Anthony Stewart, we were all too cool to say yeah. But as soon as I hung up the phone, I called Lano back on the private. <laughs> it was like, I'm in. I'm in if you'll have me. <laughs> and... Um, it looked like an exciting game and you know, I, I definitely didn't pattern my game on you, but um, you know, your physicality and my physicality is somewhat similar. Our jumpers, our jump shots are different. Jump drops are very different, <laughs> but you know, this game was so physical and I, you know, it was a natural attraction for me uh, once, once I saw it and then once I felt it, just like you hear across the world, you become addicted and yeah, uh, I love it to this day. And I can't say that I have more passion for three on three than five on five, but I've played five on five since I was five and three on three is new. So it's like a new girlfriend. Uh, it's pretty attractive to me. So um, I love the three on three game. I love the five on five great game, but you know, five on five takes me to Albury Wodunga. Three on three takes me to Amsterdam. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm love Aubrey, but you know, I'm with you because I, I was fortunate enough to win four and be on championships and retired. Oh, but did then you? In a, but in a space of six months, I was in Puerto Rico, Amsterdam, Philippines, China. Um, yeah, like I was able to retain my platinum status on Qantas, which is something oh. you don't like. <laughs> That's, it that's opens, true. Yeah. <laughs> opens many doors, Too many secret doors. doors. <laughs> but, so obviously that, those first impressions is, is that physicality. Did you sort of like, was there any hesitation, apprehension? Were you like, man, this is a weird game? Or were you just, knowing you, you embraced it and went, yeah, I'm rolling with it? I'm embracing it. When I watched it, you know, Paul Maley, also involved with Basketball Australia, is not only a colleague in terms of business, but a good friend of mine. So he had been to a World Cup. So he was like, watch this video, watch this one. And me, like everybody else, immediately was like, but why are they letting them foul them so much? <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. So at first I was like, it looked like ballroom brawling, except with a basketball in the middle. So like when you were little and somebody had the ball and everyone tackled that guy with the ball, it seemed a little bit like that. But then once you get into it, you understand it's like checkers and chess. There's just slightly different rules, but it's organized chaos. And for the Australian public who loves rugby and AFL and the physicality, which is associated with both of those games, you see it with the AFL. They're taking their physicality out, you know, somewhat. Where with three on three, it's like taking this, what they call a non-contact sport and saying, yeah, hit them a little bit. So I think it's a perfect fit for the Australian culture once they embrace it. Um, it's definitely a perfect fit for me. Absolutely. Um, what's been like the growth then? 
because obviously, you sp- what, what year did you become? You mean a head coach? Yeah. But then you were officially the national pathways manager a, a few years ago. Um, yeah. Have you seen, and, and we'll touch on the differences between the women's team and the men's team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I remember this. I think this is the best example that I got. I don't know for those that have followed three on three, but they remember the Tom Garland two yeah. in the Asian Cup to win it. If you rewatch it, Tom Garlip doesn't know that he won. Like, he didn't know the rules. So he's hit this, too. The guys like CeeLo and Tom Wright knew that he had won, but the guy shooting the ball was oblivious. Um, he might have been exhausted as well. Nah, nah. Man, he, might, he might not tell you the truth. I'm telling you, he had no idea that he won. I yeah. think he thought he had to win by two, not sure. just first to two. So um, I think nowadays we're walking into tournaments without the experience of the other team, but we have experience. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's the major difference. And, you know, like, like my daughter, Macy, you know, when she says a new word, I'm excited. I don't need her to, you know, recite the constitution just yet. So with three on three as well, I think we're moving all in the, in the right direction and it doesn't need to be, like Novi Sad just yet, but you know the people like yourself, the talent that you're bringing, Conrad, Tim, uh, Tommy, and Stilo and Waxy, you know you're starting to see the men's side of it really start to uh, compete. And if you watch us in the World Cup, we're basically one basket away against Poland to you know going on in a pool that two of the three were in the final four. You know, so uh, we're, we're definitely competitive, you know, even though the girls get a lot of a lot of airtime, uh, the boys are boys are equally competitive. It's just because I don't have cheese grater abs, mate. Well, or a jump <laughs> shot or a jump shot. We could just get you a jump. But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Let's talk about the rise of the women's um, game, and, and obviously it is. It's it's a fantastic thing. They 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 really are the poster child of, of three x three in Australia, and, and they and they're really rolling with the with the growth of it all. What do you see is the key reason? I guess last year, maybe, and I, I can I know the answer, but what what did you see as? Yeah, you know, why were they so dominant on the World Tour, Asia Cup, and so close in the World Cup? I mean. Without, without um, taking away from the men's side, the level of athlete that we're attracting is opal type. All of them have been right there on the border of, of the opals for you know last three or four years. So with the economies of women's basketball, I think opportunity for uh, women in sport you know, they take it up a bit more than, let's say, the highest paid players such as LeBron versus Liz Cambridge. You know, it's just not quite as fair. So that, that's the reason I think we're getting the type of women's uh, players that we're getting. And like I said, no disrespect to the guys, but, you know, most of the guys, Timmy, I think, made an Asia Cup team um, recently. Or was it Asia Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so right there, and Waxy, I think, has been – Borderline. Yeah, come, come um, off games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying we're far off, but, you know, Beck, Alice, Maddie, we're not talking to Kelsey Griffin. Like she's, you know, she was a lock just a little while ago. Keely Frawling is just becoming better and better, a real 
you know, knockout in WNBL uh, this last year. So, you know, I feel like a lot of the success comes from uh, the talent that they walked into the game with because we're not walking in with, with Novi Sad type experience. We're walking in with Australia being a good basketball country and um, taking those skills learned in five on five and trying to learn the game of three on three uh, at that same time. And, you know, there's a bit of talent out there. Absolutely. The, has the prep started for the Olympic qualifiers in, uh, for next year in Australia? Yeah, it's weird for us because, as you know, most of the prep is maybe the day before we're on a plane or during the plane. And then we try and find an outside court or some sort of court on a, on a Friday or Saturday or whatever, or a Thursday. And then we, uh, we practice for like an hour and then we're playing without a scout, any of that. So right now we're, we're sitting in MSAC. Um, on the other end is the Opals, which is fantastic. And there's starting to become some real um, cohesion between the two. I'm starting to see a lot more that it's, it's us and not us and them. So I'm liking that. And, you know, we're going to – we get to fine-tune some of the little stuff that we never get to talk about, like on the airplane or, you know, in an outdoor court. 20 minutes before the game so so it's exciting so yeah absolutely i want to blow smoke up your backside here because i've always i've said it that um, i don't self-promote enough you know no no but more so (laughs) i've said i've been fortunate enough and 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 i'll self-promote i won four championships but i've been coached Ah, by some uh, i keep forgetting that yeah no i'll let you know um i should have brought my rings um yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been coached by some fantastic coaches over my career. Um and I would say arguably you've been one of my uh I, I think a coach that could transition from five on five to three x three, which I would think w- like wouldn't be wouldn't be an easy task, but I think someone that if it was the coach in NBL side would have no no qualms at all as being a very respectable coach. Like I would have loved to have been coached by you in five on five. So there's my my smoke in uh-huh. your in your backside. I like, like, I like but, that. I like that. But what I'm the reason why is because there's um, you're talking about prep, but it's I think a lot of it is the passion of the game, and to we talk about it, it's just the simple side of the game that why we become basketball players, and I want to gauge your philosophies i guess on 3x3 because we've had this discussion many of times like yeah you do your scouts you understand people's mentalities but i want to dig a little bit deeper into why there's contrasting styles in coaching you know like i'm sure it's just like five on five but i want i want to talk to you about why you're not too invested into the makeshift and the plays but more so about your own personal play and getting people feeling confident about themselves. Yeah, that's uh, a good question. I, I thought we were just going to talk a little <laughs> bit of smack to one another, but now you're getting serious. So, I mean, we without, without um, you know, seeming too philosophical, I think coaches should coach and not make it about themselves. You know, you've got a group of people that you're trying to make the best version of themselves on a basketball court. and in my opinion, it's about the simplicity of the game that makes it so complex. Like, that's my favorite thing. 
And I believe there are coaches out there, I'm not naming names or anything, that want to make it more about themselves. No, I'll go ahead. Name perhaps, yeah, no, 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 no. But, uh, but I do believe that that's out there. They're running so much X and O's to get a mid-range shot that you could get just with a simple mismatch. And, you know, a lot of times when I happen to watch a game back that I coached, I can hear the commentators almost in a not, not condensating, uh, uh, condescending way, but kind of in a, oh, look how simple they play the game. And for me, I don't, I don't use basketball for, uh, um, for self-belief. I have my own self-belief. I have a lot of flaws, don't get me wrong. But I believe in myself, and I don't use basketball to make myself feel better. So I just want Greg Heyer to be the best version of him. I want, you know, Simon Kahn to be the best version of him and so on and so forth. And I haven't won four and was it four NBL yeah, champs? Four. Was yeah, it four? four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've done a lot of I've done a lot of winning, both as a player and as a coach. And I think the simplicity is the answer and that passion. You know, coaches don't write up on the board, be more skilled. They don't. They talk about play harder don't you know out hustle one percenters those are the type of things that i think make the difference between a championship team and a second third fourth and fifth type team so Absolutely. yeah i guess i guess did that answer the question because no a little blurry a little blurry. no 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 well i mean we we have a laugh because you don't have time you, you, like as you say you, you speak on the plane for an hour and I mean, we had an Oz camp. I went to Puerto Rico. We we watched some footage, and even before a game, you're watching some plays, and you might yeah. be watching one team live. Yeah. As you know, they might have a completely different lineup. Um, but you've always harped on like, don't be worrying too much about them. And as yeah. you start worrying about them, you start forgetting about your own simplicities, and and you struggle. So, now it's good. I don't think it gets spoken enough about culture, though. Like, I know, yeah. I'm not using culture as a buzzword. Um, it's an unbelievable environment around uh, the Oz camp, right? There's, there's actually, <clears throat> I mean, there's excitement, joy, happiness, and organically, I think that's a thing that I would, I would imagine Novi Sad, maybe, maybe they've been together for so long. But I'm talking about the successful nations teams, um, and you might not. Um, have placed Memphis, maybe you have, but what have you felt like you've, because I feel like you've organically made this really healthy environment between the men's and the women's side. And talk to me about why. I mean, you're spending ridiculous amounts of time with each other. Um, it's a sort of a, a very close environment that if you hate each other, <laughs> that's going to be found out. It's not like on five on yeah. five. I had teammates yeah. that I didn't like, but I'm barely no around one, them. No one knew, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting one because I, I think for the, the players that are listening out there, you know, you're on a road trip and the coach tells you at one o'clock we're going for a walk, you know, and Thursday night we're going to dinner together. And then they, they talk about culture. They talk about yeah. culture, which to me is like a forced culture. I hated going on a walk. I hated it. I didn't want to yeah. go to dinner with everybody. Like, I loved them out on the court, and we would laugh and have fun. But we weren't all the same. We weren't all the same. So, 
for me, I think that word culture gets thrown around a lot. Um, and it, I think it's incorrectly used. I think it's like a force culture where I think like the way we lay it out, I don't ever tell you guys where to be or what to do, but I make sure that when you're on the court, you guys look like you love each other. And ironically, that blossoms in to loving each other off the court. And I mean, seeing you guys, you, you fellas in the crowd, I didn't tell you, you had to be there. You guys were all cheering on the girls loud. And you know, there was some nights, I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that, that it would have been harder to get up in the morning, but you guys were still there. And um, I, I know that the girls love that side of it. And I think it's organic. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we definitely oh, my, don't, and, we don't talk about culture ever. And, and I, I and think I that's the beauty the of it. Yeah. I say this all the time. You know, I did win four championships. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting. Culture was this word that's thrown around like oh, strongest culture. And then, like, I look at the championships that we've won, and then I'm like, yeah, absolutely, no doubt. There was, like, principles of culture, like, holding people accountable and, you know, communicate, like, and, and the strong culture. But then there was some where I'm like, that wasn't all that it was made to be. Like, your, what you see in the business world as a strong culture was, like, I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but that just didn't happen. It was just yeah. on the outside, it looked good. Um, it wasn't like on the outside, like in the inside, people were arguing and like it was like it was this hunky dory. But that's why I love um, like when you spoke about the opportunities, like traveling the world, but in those environments yeah. that you get in, you get on a plane, um, sometimes you don't meet. And I, and I feel like maybe you don't, but like the, the players you've recruited aren't that arrogant, you know, like yeah. they have to be personal, they need to be able to have a laugh, they need to be. Being able to make it, being able to be made fun of, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like, and go. We play against the women's side for practice, like, you know what I mean. And you have to like lower your guard down and go, like, this isn't, you know, what I mean, for me, and yeah. not be precious. And um, I, I feel like that's a big part of the re like you and that reason and success. Um, so yeah, and but I yeah. don't think it gets spoken about enough because I think. Yeah. You can be precious, especially in the in when you're fight playing five and five to the three x three world, which which isn't glorious. Yeah. Like, yeah, it gives you yeah. the opportunity to play, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of makeshift sort of stuff that you've got to do on the run. Yeah, I think um, there's when you compare the two, there's more intimacy with the three on three, and you know we've all had that coach that uh, tries to be your friend. And you've also had that player that we call cancerous um, on the five on five. But um, I don't know if you've watched Caesar Milan. Have you, have you <laughs> watched Caesar Milan? The dog whisperer. <laughs> so, so Caesar Milan. Let's just say Caesar Milan was me. I try to fix. I try to fix the dog to start with. I try to say, hey, this is how it is. But if you have the right culture, if it if I can't fix it, I can just send them in with the other dogs and those, those teammates all around them teach that dog how to behave amongst the group. And that's what you guys do. I'm not calling any of you dogs. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong here, <laughs> but you guys, when there's, when there's that type of atmosphere out there, you know, some of the cool goes down and then I keep using the word organically. We organically become friends 
And that becomes the biggest hurdle between a player and a coach is now all of a sudden I accidentally become friends with one of my teammates. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's actually harder for the friend, the, the player, than the coach to, to handle those two faces or those two elements where, oh, Dave was just making fun of me. And now he's making me do, you know, four suicides and 42 push-ups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that that's one of my strengths is that I can turn off the friendship immediately and do my job. But on the other side, you eight, you know, my core eight or core 10, you're all very good at letting, you know, me and Damon and I coach uh, mm-hmm. and also have that intimate relationship that comes with three on three. You can't help it. Unless, you know, you're an unlikable dude. but Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and one takeaway from this podcast is that from now on, I'll be calling you Caesar. <laughs> Lots Caesar, of Caesar I mean, all <laughs> yeah. you got to do is watch one episode and you'll see what I'm talking about. He just, he just, if he can't fix it, he just puts them in with the pet, the rest of them. And he's like, they'll be sweet. There we go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to finish off with a couple the, the pathways, I guess, of, of junior 3x3 but i want to talk about um the makeshift of a good 3x3 what makes the success of a good 3x3 player um i want to ask you what you know if you were yeah as a national head coach what are you looking for you know like obviously it's a guy that may be transitioning with his hairstyle at the moment with like a top knot quite quite muscular Uh, maybe a guy that's won four championships um great teammate um but yeah <laughs> um, right. smooth jumper right. no, but in, all seri- right. in all seriousness what do you i mean what are you looking at you know like if, if you're looking at both sides and you're looking at your squad oh well, um, that's i yeah. i know it's gonna sound weird because we have to take some of the general characteristics of a good basketball player and just say yeah they have that but Absolutely. the first thing i the first thing i would need is mental need to be able to dribble yeah, yeah, a dribbler. <laughs> no, the first thing I want is mental toughness. I but why? Why? Because yeah. there's only four of us. So, we, you know, we can all call our aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers to come and watch because we're playing. We're not sitting at the end of the bench like number 9, 10, 11, and 12, hoping I get two minutes. Every single player is playing. So if you're not mentally tough or you're – you're, you're kind of one of those guys that gets a half injury and then you show the whole public that you're injured. That's probably not three on three is probably not for you. So I want a guy that may have a torn groin that decides he, he's going to say, I can give you at least a minute or two. And then we have to deal with the outside of this, where are we looking after the athlete? You know, we have to balance that. Like how Dave, why would you let Stilo go out there and do such a thing and i don't know no, the I, answer. I don't know the but, answer but Stilo went out there and did such a thing so but i would look I at that mental toughness i want absolutely mental toughness number one because greg hires out there fighting tim conrad's out there fighting and um was that waxy then or was that nah that was no, tommy. tommy yeah, tommy. yeah. yeah. um yeah. but, but so let's we, give some context because you said that but i but yeah there's going to be the other side, and I think we live in this world where we, the sports science and the the well-being of. I mean, I live in this well-being space, but I look at it and go like, even though it's a group of four, there's a group of six trying to crack that Australian side, yeah. and so yeah. 
I look at Stilo going maybe one of the most selfless acts in the world because um, in order for him to do that, puts him out, you know, he doesn't be able to play for a, a month or two or whatever it may be, but puts us in a position to play in the World Cup. We got the World but Cup. In ter- yeah. But in terms of, let's go traditional because, um, and we, let's be completely honest, if Stilo says, I'm not playing um, because of this, this situation or, you know, like um, that, I would be looking at him in a different light. Like, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, just give me a possession or two. Like, I would be yeah. selfish in that regard. But him being so selfless and so unselfish, yeah. I've, I, I admire and respect the heck out of the guy. And I would, like, have him on my team, you know, yeah. in anything I do, whether it's playing croquet, um, because yeah. I know he's going to be... But, and and that's representing country. I don't think I don't yeah. think you can do that on five and five. No. I think three x three is a different world. Like no one, no no hesitation, no doubt. You go, yeah, mate. We know. Like, like there's been times and you you get hit in the head and you're like, and five and five, it's concussion test and this whole protocol. And it's not the yeah. whole. And I understand the seriousness of it all. Yeah, you, you don't have time. You don't have time and. I mean, we we spoke about like being out there for one another and the other side of that coin that most people don't talk about. In fact, I've never heard anyone talk about it is you, uh, Timmy and Tom did everything you you could to not let him get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys played as hard as you could to not make him go out there. And then there was a point when you and Tim you know, it looked like you were looking for some sort of burial burial release, <laughs> like you were looking for a grave. And, you know, next thing you know, Stilo sees what I see. He jumps out on the court. And if we reminisce, that one, one or two minutes, whatever that was, in real time, not on the clock, all of a sudden, Tim Conrad swings it and yeah. can't, can't miss. So... You know, that's the number one thing I'm looking for is mental yeah. toughness and, and the willingness to play through and having their coach and their teammates say, when no, enough is enough. We're not letting you play. But them wanting to play, I think, is the, the key differential there. Um, yeah. Secondly, you know, you need a, a well-rounded team just as, as you do five-on-five. Five. So you need a guy that can uh, – most of the guys need to be able to shoot the what you call the two-ball, which is equivalent to the three-ball. You need a hustle guy an enforcer type guy that's, you know, cause there is some physicality there and not everyone loves to play that way. So you need someone that's going to chest up one of the oppositions when they start to become too physical uh, out there. And then ironically, cause I'm talking to you, you need a well-rounded player and immediately, and I'm not trying to say anything great or not like scoring isn't in the NBL. Wasn't your, go to but you actually are a all-around great player you know you rebound you're dedicated to defense you're a willing passer and what i call a pretty good playmaker out of the post you're not you're a pretty good scorer out of the post as well and you know there's three or four facets of every athlete that needs to be covered so you can't just be uh you know let's say maddie garrick was just a shooter she ain't staying in the game you know, now if you watch her and you watch her in the WNBL, she's she's guarding the best offensive player on the other team. Show me that yeah. three years ago. She ain't doing that. You know, yeah. look at Beck Cole, heart of the lion. She's scoring all the time and defending people in the post. 
and posting up. She's doing and then let's be real. She she's turning into a playmaker. She's passing the ball now where three, four years ago, you know, is straight down the tunnel. So um yeah, well-rounded, well-rounded player with a you know, with a mental toughness is and you know, non-cancerous. They can't be they can't be selfish. Oh so, I, selfish, selfish. Um, selfish. You're so selfish. Uh, right, I, and, and I think that's the thing you see, like even with Beck, they you get pigeonholed in five and five. Um so it's either at the start of your career and then but then they that that this format of the game allows you to blossom. Mate, well, I want to touch last thing, and obviously it doesn't, it obviously makes sense, you being the, the national pathway manager. What a yep. role. Um, lucrative. So lucrative. <laughs> let's talk about the pathways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is your one, uh, you'd love it, right? But, you know, we, and we've been, we've, we speak to state sporting bodies and, you know, or associations and they ask us, you know, what's, and yeah. you, you wish you'd have that. And, and some, we wish they just say, yeah, we're doing it. But yeah. And how, what, what are you suggesting? Like in terms of what can, um, yeah, bus WA, bus USA, whatever they do to grow this game, because I think it's an Olympic sport, but even yeah. on, on that side, the opportunities are endless. Yeah. I mean, we have 3x3 Hustle, which is, is creating a path. And anyone that knows me loves, knows I love an analogy. And I can, I can start to see that we're in the forest and there's like this somewhat of a path you can kind of see, but you can't. It's like a trampled gorilla path. You can't really tell if it's a path or not. And to 3x3's um, credit, there's a lot of adjustment being made as they find their way to the promised land, so to speak. And that's what I think that's what we have to do in terms of three-on-three uh, three right now is just, is just have a willingness for this sport to succeed. That has to be our goal. Right now, we're trying to legitimize it. Like if I talk with my good friend, Tommy Greer, who actually played a lot of three-on-three, three, he giggles about the sport versus me trying to stand up and say, nah, this is, this is the real deal. And we're the Olympics now. So it's fantastic. Um, 3x3 Hustle, all the people that, that run that would attest to this. We need to find more and more players out there playing and to, to have a pathway. Because if you don't have enough people walking on the path, there's no pathway. But the thing we don't talk about a lot is coaching and referees. So the three things need to be simultaneous. And my advice to the, the basketball WAs, basketball South Australia, is just, just get the three-on-three -three sport going. Because almost every single organizer talks to me about finance, about how this can become economical. And I'm telling you right now, it is an amazing drill for your five-on-five players. You look at all of our players. I mean, it's hard with you. You, you go and still play in the, the league in WA, right? So it's hard to see, you know, your growth. However, if you, look at, if you look at the Tom Wrights, the Andrew Steeles, and all the girls that are playing, they just get better and better and better. So right now, if you can't see the economies of the sport, think of it as a way to make your players better. And I, you know, that's what I'm pushing for is get leagues started 
you know, get, get in touch with 3x3 Hustle, try to, try to combine the two forces. But as you can see, there's leagues out there, you know, doing this. And ultimately, we have to have all the same goal. And that's to make this sport a bit more widely known and widely participated in the three, in the three avenues, referees, uh, coaches, and players. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a no-brainer for me, and I think people see it and they initially not scared, but they go like they see that physicality side, and they go, yeah. "Oh, like that's a different game where well, it's not really a game." But people, I mean, you're a head coach at Nutter Wadding, uh, like yeah. I'm sure. I mean, at Wildcats, we did three-on-three drills all the time, like, um, yeah. and the same elements, like, and and there was some some drills too, like that. Just we're uh, comparing them uh, in contrast, the exact same physicality as 3x3, like coaches yeah. never call fouls. Yeah. Um, so I look at it and go from a young age, like um, if I was an administrator at a junior club, I'd be playing three on three more than five on five. Yeah. Because I go watch my nephew at under 10 and there is one good kid that dribbles up and down the court and then there's four other kids Yep. One's tying his shoelaces and, you know, yeah. like, and Waiting I'm like, to the mom. like yeah. 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 I remember too. And then a kid falls over. And then, yeah. no, nah, mate, that was me. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> look where I came. But look, four NBL championships, you're welcome. But, yeah. <laughs> four. But I, <laughs> but I agree. Like, I don't see it as a competition to five and five. I see it as a supplement. And it's yeah. like, hey, just, Give it a give it a crack because as you as you see, like we just saw in Adelaide, sixty uh, teams played in a three x yeah. three hustle event, and and I I guarantee you it they would they would embrace it and love it. Yeah, like it's um, yeah. yeah, and and for like, real, we understand, and we're not trying to point fingers. When I I at the start of this interview or chat, I, I'm old. This is a podcast, isn't it? No so, one yeah, would know. Now no, I know. No no. So, but anyway, at the start, I said like when I first watched the game. I was like, what the, like, why aren't they calling the fouls? So I get why they think that. But if you look at the Tom Wrights, the Matty Garricks, the Alice Kunicks, all those players, they're not fouling out of games. In fact, what you're seeing is Tom Wright on the free throw line all the time because part of the physicality is the offensive player being more aggressive to the defensive player too, which most refs call automatically. So, you know, I think um, – Tom Wright's a great one for anyone that doesn't know his history to just see what he was prior to three on three versus what he, what he is now. And I want to take the credit, but it's not. It's no, three on three it. really. Nah, it's three on three really taught him to create contact while he was finishing. And, you know, his free throws are probably up eight per game, which is great, you know. So use it as a tool if that's all you can find. If you can't find the finance involved in the sport, um, it doesn't cost money. No. That's the thing. And at all grounds, it's caught high. And I think that's what you've got to take away. Don't use it as an opportunity to make money. Use it as an opportunity to develop your players, but as well as to open up opportunities for them. Because, yeah. you know, there is. like, And I think um, it's only going to grow. There's, I mean, we're not traveling now, but we see leagues in Japan, South Korea, China, New Zealand, um, there'll be opportunities for people that generally would never would have existed in the, in previously because you're just like, you're there. So I think, yeah, run with it, mate. I, um, 
would, would love to speak to you all day, but I understand you've got to water your plants and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's a fiddle tree, mate. It's a fiddle tree. I can send but, um, it to all your viewers, man. Nah, you, well, right, I'm going to send you, one branch, especially to that dude in Korea, Romania. That guy. That's Jay Lee. Like, yeah, that's Jay Lee. Man, Bro, he's that like, guy. He handsome, is, I like this handsome dude. Too. Handsome. And he's like, I think he's like 83. I think he's older than you. He's older that, than me, I think. But yeah, I, that gives you hope. Tighter skin, could, man. <laughs> he, he actually endured. The last time I was in a tournament with him, this is off the yeah. a, a, a bit weird, but I asked him, what products are you using? Because oh my God. your skin is beautiful. Oh, my God. That's weird. That's weird <laughs> for you to say that publicly. <laughs> hey, but nowadays, it's best to just be open with your feelings. Absolutely, so right. That you're, that you're, you feel confident good enough. Nah, that's all good. <laughs> all right, brother, mate. I appreciate, uh, from on behalf of the 3x3 Hustle team, I uh, appreciate you logging in this morning. Yeah. And also giving an insight into the pathways. Um, I'll, I'll be, I can say it yeah. again, you've been uh, a, a huge influence in my yeah. um, basketball career and, and, and is my life as well and the way you, you, you handle things and um, oh. you brought success in everything you've done. So I think the pathways in yeah. Australia are, are in good thing because um yeah it's exciting times for three three basketball and i well, think you're on top of that so appreciate so that brother much. and this everyone else this podcast this podcast thing is awesome and you're doing amazing things with it it's pretty impressive i keep hearing all about this and normally with guys like you you know radio is best but you're really <laughs> you're really you're really killing it man so keep it going I uh, appreciate it. With everyone else, tune in to Facebook, Instagram, and 3x3 Hustle social media pages. Everyone else, take care.